and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in the USA. And today's episode is also brought to you by... Fairhaven Health. Fairhaven Health sells the wildly popular milk saver that has us raving about how much milk we're collecting by simply collecting our leaking breast milk. Um, and we'll hear more from our sponsors later, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Check there and see if you can give your business to any of our sponsors. And while you're there, scroll down. Enter your email address and get the episode sent straight to your inbox. And uh, now, I think Diane has our review of the week. I do have our review of the week. This review comes from W. Palomino. And it's a little bit of a different review from what we're used to hearing about. It's on iTunes, where we always say, hey, put your put your reviews on iTunes, because we love to hear them. Um, and W. Palomino says that we're meh. She said, this podcast is composed of 30-minute rants rather than helpful information. Every now and then, you might get a little nugget of information out of an episode. So I definitely wanted to read this review because we do rant quite a bit. But we do, we rant. That's the whole reason I do this. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of it. It is my reason for getting up in the morning. I know, right? A lot, like we, we get so, at least I know I'm totally talking for Abby, but we get so frustrated by the inadequacies of our society when it comes to all this stuff that, yeah, we do rant at times. And so uh, I'm sorry if, you know, people kind of like find that offensive. Um, But we also do put way more than just a little nugget, I would like to think, of information in. So I thank you guys for listening to us because I know sometimes we can, you know, be a little ranty, but I'm sure you get it. You know, yeah, I think that the rantiness is like we're trying to validate feelings, right? We're sharing our feelings about how how we're feeling about certain topics and we want to validate your feelings, um, too. So it's certainly not 30 minutes of just, you know, tips and tricks. Um, I would agree with that. And it's not everyone's cup of tea. That's right. fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that I can take that to heart and maybe we can um, work in a little bit more of the, you know, tips and tricks, if we think that that applies certainly to a topic, then we can, you know, talk about that too. Yeah. We're trying def- to give more information in it um, while also we want to validate, you know, you know, the feelings and the, and the, and the, the, the kind of climate in the society about a certain topic. We're talking about those things too. And not just, you know, I would agree. It's not just a, you know, yeah. Yeah. Here's some tips on this subject. Absolutely. So I guess it would just depend on what episode you listen to. So I think sometimes we get, you know, a listener and they maybe listen to one or two episodes and they think that's what they're all about, but we're all everyone is different, you know, we talk about different things all the time and sometimes the title ends up being not even really what we end up talking the most about. So don't give up on us because you hear us ranting on one episode. We do have some really good things to talk about too. So, yeah, so I just really wanted to just talk about that. Thank you for the review because I do appreciate it. We want all of your feedback. You know, we, we do. We, we like your feedback. We want to hear what you have to say. Um, 
we want to, you know, hear what your successes are and suggestions and all of that stuff. So send us reviews or emails. And we are off and running on today's episode. We're what? We're off and running. Oh, off and running. I thought you said often running. And I was like, I don't know what to say after that. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm not. I know. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know where to go from there. Okay. Off and running. Yeah. So we're talking today about um, mental health and medications. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a big topic because mm, probably most of the time, if somebody is... um, breastfeeding and wanting and has been on a medication or wanting to take a medication or being recommended a medication. They're also being recommended to wean or being told that they can't take this medication when they're breastfeeding. And that is often not true. Right. You should never have to choose between your mental health or any part of your health and breastfeeding. Because that's just not, that's just not okay. No, and it's not necessary because there's also a ton of research um, that is done on medications and particularly by um, Dr. Hale, who has done extensive research on all kinds of medications, all of them, I think, and has, you know, um, done all of the research on like how much is passed through breast milk and, you know, what are the effects on babies and their age and, you know, these kinds of things. And, um, I've heard from people, I heard from one person in particular um, who, a, a breastfeeder who went through a brain surgery. And with the help of Dr. Hale's research and the help of her doctors, um, was able to continue breastfeeding through the whole entire thing. It's amazing. Because they just, you, you know, they looked at the, whatever medications they needed, they looked you know, to his research on what's the safest with breastfeeding and, you know, that kind of thing. And they continued right on uh, breastfeeding through the whole entire situation. I mean, there have been times where I've had to, you know, really consult with families about that a lot, too. And we, we look at his information. We look at Hal's information. We read through it together, you know, because, you know, might be that I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what's going to go to the baby. I don't want anything to go to the baby. So we'll talk about like what the best choices are, if there are other options. Sometimes it's not a black and white situation. You know, like people go, oh, medication. Oh, yeah, you can't breastfeed. And that's not the case. There's, it really is not a black and white area. You know, you right. have to think about the baby. You have to think about like, is the baby healthy? Is it a healthy mm-hmm. full-term baby? You know, are they metabolizing well? How old are they? How much are you breastfeeding? What kind of medication it is? What time of day you're taking it? What the dosage is? Like, there's so many variables to it. And with some families, we've even broken it down to the point of if you take it this medication at this time of day, the baby won't get anything because it'll be broken down by the time you breastfeed again and gone out of your system, depending on the half-life of the medication. So there are so many things to look at when you're looking at medications. It's never just, oh, yep, we want to prescribe this to you and you can't breastfeed. Yeah. And I think that another, this comes into the whole conversation that we have a lot about how medical professionals are not trained in lactation. And so they're, you know, if you're just going to, you know, a psychiatrist or maybe your therapist or even your medical doctor and you're like, I, you know, I, I would like to, you know, s- there's obviously different situations. Maybe you used to take a medication and you stopped while you were pregnant and you want to take it again. Or maybe you became a parent and you are now struggling 
you know, with anxiety, depression, whatever, which we can talk more about in a second. But um, in your your doctor doesn't lactation is not a part of medical curriculum. So they don't have the detailed information about medications. And so a lot of times they're just going to say no. You know, they're going to say, well, no, you can't take medications with, you know, while breastfeeding. Because and, and the reason they say that is because they don't know. Right. They're just being cautious. Yeah. They're trying to be cautious. They don't know. And they let's face it. How, how long are you in there with them? Like 15 minutes. Yeah, you know, they're that. not going to. Yeah, they're not they're not dedicating that. They don't have the time to sit down and and, you know, research all of the stuff. And this is going to be a situation where you're going to have to be um, advocating for yourself. You know, you're hopefully you're hearing this podcast or you've heard it somewhere else. And we can give you, you know, there's like infant risk and Lactmed. They, yeah. Lactmed is an app. Infant risk is they have a hotline that you can call. Um, and you can get information about medications and then you can bring that to your doctor that can help for you to do your own research and um, advocate for yourself. But this is a situation where you are most likely going to have to be doing the work, which is not fun if you're already struggling with your mental health. Right. But, you know, if you can or if we can help or something it's worth it because then you won't have to stop breastfeeding and you can take care of yourself, which is what we need. I yeah. mean, you know, the most important thing to your baby is a healthy parent. Right. Absolutely. That's what they need. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of levels to this. Um, and we're talking about like, you know, maternal health, maternal mental health specifically. But, you know, sometimes like you were saying in pregnancy, people go off medications and then go, you know, want to go back on them after they've had the baby. And that could be like any medication, you know, like anything. Um, but specifically, if we're talking about mental health, this is a big thing. And I think what some people don't realize is how high the statistics are for postnatal mood disorders. Yeah. It's like one in seven. And that's the people that will, you know, actually admit that they have a problem. So it might even be that, you know, half the people that are, are struggling with it aren't even recording it. You know, they're not telling anybody. They're not, they're just kind of struggling thinking, oh, I just need to get past it. I just need to get past it. It'll be fine. Um, but it's a common thing. It's really common. You know, anxiety and depression after you have a baby is, is really common. So we want to make sure that you know that if you want to take medication, that is okay. There are medications that are perfectly safe that have to, you know, that will help you with this. But you have to realize that that's, you know, but sometimes it's one of those things too, where you're, your mind, you're so, you're kind of in this, you know, like postpartum fog and you're not really thinking clearly and you don't realize that medication is what, you know, could really help you. Um, the other thing that is really important is if you have a therapist or if you're looking for a therapist, which can be so wonderfully helpful during this period of time, they it should be somebody that really specializes in postpartum mental health. Because if they don't, they're not. It, it is. It, it's it's its own entity. It really is. And if it's if you don't have somebody that specializes in that, then they're not going to be able to guide you and make you feel comfortable with medications. 
if you want, you know, if you end up going that route. Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is a whole totally different and specialized. This is a specialized area of life postpartum. Mm-hmm. And you really need to, I mean, you wouldn't, you know, just like anything else, you wouldn't go to, you know, a doctor that specializes in one thing about something else. Right. You, know, you want something that's a person who really knows exactly what's going on inside of your body, who knows the statistics, who knows, um, you know, who knows all of the details about this period of of time. You're not going to call the plumber to fix your <laughs> electricity. You know, like it's right. just, it, it is a very different thing. And if you can't find somebody that specializes just in maternal mental health or, you know, postpartum mental health, then, you know, you can reach out to me. I know people that do it virtually that specialize in postpartum mental health. So that it really is its own thing. But medications are really important. And you go through this phase where you're like, I don't want to take anything, especially if you're somebody who took something prior to becoming pregnant and you know you are at a risk factor for struggling with this because that is one of the risk factors somebody who has struggled in the past with anxiety or depression that could exacerbate after you have a baby so you might already know okay i've had problems with this i was on medication i went off of it for pregnancy is it something that i can go back on again is it something that i can safely take Um, and that is really important that you know that it's okay and that it's totally safe. It is safer and better for you to take the medication and take care of your baby than to not take care, take the medication and struggle or to just wean off breastfeeding altogether and give formula because both of those things are not going to be beneficial for the baby. But you being healthy for the baby is. And if that includes medication, then that's okay. Well, and then sudden weaning and the Ugh. hormonal, you know, aspects of that can exacerbate problems as well. And I think that's something that medical professionals don't realize. And they don't realize yeah. that. They're like, just wean. Like, it's just going to be like, okay, that's it. There's not going to be any, you know, effects to my body. There's not going to be any kind of anything that goes on with it. It's just going to be a simple, like, well, just stop thing. And that's not how it is at all. No. And it really, I read something once and I I should really go back and try to find this study again because it was a few years ago. And I always hesitate to even talk about it because it was so like, oh my gosh, you know, and in the study, it said that for, if you do not breastfeed or if you abruptly wean, like abruptly wean, where you you go from breastfeeding to like, okay, I'm just going to stop because they told me I needed to to take this medication. It is such a hormonal process that your body goes through a mourning period as if the baby died. And that is, that's some real shit right there. Like well, that's, that's real. Yeah. That's what, yeah. And that, that's what, ha- that's what your body goes through. That's what your body thinks happened. If the body, the baby, if you give birth to the baby, um, and then they don't breastfeed or you're, or they suddenly stop breastfeeding, that is what your body assumes happened Mm -hmm. because your body is not just like this dumb thing that you, you know, right. Lactation is physiologically the next process. Right. It knows when something is not right. And well, you know, so there's obviously an, a, a strong physiological, emotional response to weaning that is not to be ignored in this whole process. Mm hmm. 
Absolutely. And maybe we should talk more about this after a break. Yeah. Sounds good. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The Milky's Milk Saver collects your leaking breast milk as you nurse or pump, allowing you to store extra breast milk effortlessly with each feeding. Simply slide the Milk Saver into your bra or tank top on the non-nursing side. The Milk Saver collects the breast milk that is leaked when your breasts when your breast milk lets down. Then simply transfer the milk into a storage bag. The Milk Saver holds a little over two ounces of breast milk. People are constantly shocked at how much milk they are leaking, and we're losing to a breast pad. People are reporting that they are collecting several ounces a day and sometimes a whole day's worth of breast milk. It's common to think that you're just leaking a few drops, but when that leaking milk is collected throughout the day, it adds up to a lot of milk. It's comfortable, durable, and reusable, and has a protective lid to prevent spills. Check out the Milk Saver at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com. And use code, I'm sorry, use code BADASS for 15% off your purchase. Code BADASS for 15% off. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. The Scrumptious Baby Cream is a multi-purpose protective barrier baby cream to keep skin smooth and soft. Natural zinc provides an environmental defense, gentle yet ultra-moisturizing for happy skin and a happy baby. You won't need to worry about harsh chemicals irritating your baby's skin. All of Original Spelt's products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan, and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. Made for babies, perfect for grown-ups, too. Check out the entire line at originalsprout.com, originalsprout.com. And use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. And all of these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talked about in this episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you can also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yes. And definitely check it out, the show notes as well, because I have like I have a pumping class coming up in a couple of weeks. So if you need to, okay, getting ready to start giving bottles, you would like to start pumping, you're not sure what to do, have lots of questions, hook up with my class because it'll really help a lot. Um, and we also have other little, you know, lots of little tidbits of info in the show notes. So definitely check it out. Yes, and then this week's uh, shout-out of the week goes to Black Sisters Midwifery. Um, on Instagram, they you can find them, at, find them at Black Sisters Midwifery. This is midwife Christina Jemine, a licensed midwife, founder, licensed midwife, founder and CEO of Black Sisters Birth Academy. You can also find more information at BlackSistersMidwifery.com. And the Black Sisters Birth Academy is uh, an academy that provides high-quality, culturally-infused courses that train Black women in becoming birth assistants, also known as midwife's assistants. 
in an environment that is warm, fun, and exciting. So if you are um, a black woman looking to become a midwife assistant, I highly recommend checking this out. This sounds amazing. Also, everyone follow Black Sisters Midwifery on Instagram because the Instagram account is, I you know, as you can imagine, is beautiful, filled with all kinds of beautiful images. And um, they post all kinds of um, information, too, in their posts, uh, research, cited research um, about different information about birth, the birthing process, pregnancy, um, and things like that. So give them a follow. That's awesome. Cool. So now back to medications. Yeah. So the other thing to remember is that anxiety is different from depression. And sometimes we kind of lump it together, but you know, medications do different things. What we are seeing now, what the trend is now, where we used to think it it was like more of a postpartum depression, um, a lot of it is more anxiety now. So when, you know, so after you have a baby, a lot of doctor's offices, maybe your OB or your pediatrician office or, you know, will do like a little screening. It's called an Edinburgh is what is very popular to use. And they'll do a little screening tool to see how your mental health is, how you're, how you're feeling about everything. Um, and it's just, you know, a series of questions about, you know, have you been feeling sad? Have you been crying a lot? Have you been sleeping okay? You know, like things like that. But that really only screens for depression not anxiety. So they might give this to you and you might fill it out picture perfect, but you're still really struggling with anxiety. And nobody realizes that because they just go, oh, she looks like she's recovering great. She's sleeping. She's, you know, bonding with the baby. Um, we're doing all the things. The The whole family is involved. There's lots of support, but not realizing that you're really struggling with anxiety. So it's important to have those conversations. Because honestly, if they read that thing at all. Oh, I know. I know. Because a lot of times you're filling that out at the office and you're hoping that somebody is going to like, you know, ask you how you're doing and maybe give you the, you know, the attention that you need so that you can, you know, because sometimes there's things a lot of times like when I had Jack and I went through extreme, I struggled with anxiety my whole life. Head Jack, my anxiety went through the roof. I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea to be like, hey, something's weird here. You know, like. And nobody asked. Nobody. I didn't fill out a form. I'm pretty sure I don't remember filling out any of those forms. And I, I know, I if didn't I did, either. nobody said anything to me about it. And I didn't know enough to be like, hey, wait, something's really off. I think something's going on here. I just assumed that I was crazy, that I was totally alone, that I was going through something that, you know, was not common, was not, um, you know, was not something that other new parents was going through. And, um, I, yeah, I don't think they read those things. Mm-mm. My, and, my marriage broke up. Like that was pretty much when it, like, I mean, it was going to happen regardless, but that's really like when it happened, you know, and postpartum mood disorders, that doesn't mean that it happens the day after you have the baby. You know, this is a risk factor that they see a year or two into that postpartum period sometimes too. So you should really like people should be monitoring our new mothers, our new families, month two, month four, month six, you know, like it really should be going on. It could be I've had mothers, families that were like doing great and then went back to work. And that's when it hit them. Yeah. Um, 
and for me, like my my ex husband and I, we split up when my twins were like, you know, a year and a half, two years old. I, I mean, I was there's not one part of me that doesn't think that the my postpartum struggles didn't have something to do with that. So it it is like it is a real, really difficult time. And if you're not sure what's going on, which you might not be, you might just be like, you're not yourself. You know, if you're really if you're really experiencing this, you really might feel like you're not yourself. And that's Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how it feels. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very dark and it's very isolating. And we are so isolated anyway, you know, that and when you, you know, a lot of times I remember saying to my dad something about like. I don't even remember. And he was like, well, he's like, well, I don't like what, why? Like, you know, you know, cause then people say to you, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like you have a new baby. You should be happy. Yeah. Why this aren't what you, you happy? Wanted. It's what yeah. You this wanted. is, yeah, that's what you wanted. And you have a baby now and you've got everything. Look, you know, and you're, it's like, it has nothing to do with that. You know, this is like so common and we're so isolated. And, and on top of it, we live in a society where, we don't talk about our mental health. You know, we don't talk about, you know, it's considered weak or it's considered embarrassing or it's considered, you know, taboo to like have mental health issues, to talk about it. Um, and, you know, so so here we are just like, OK, well, I better not say anything because, you know, people will think. People will think something's wrong with me. People think that I can't take care of my baby. Mm-hmm. People, you know, and. There's all kinds of concerns that you're going to have. Maybe you tried to reach out and people didn't listen. You know, maybe you're hoping that somebody will um, recognize something's going on with you. And, you know, maybe they don't. I don't think my part, I don't think Josh really realized what was going, you know, I'm the transition to parenthood, bottom line, the transition to parenthood is traumatic. Oh, my God. It is traumatic and you can be as happy as a clam, but it is still a massive change that changes every, it changes your entire self-identity. It changes everything about your role in the world. And, you know, I mean, I remember feeling the sense of like, okay, now this baby relies on me for its very life. That's heavy. Oh my God. I know. That is really heavy and it's scary and it's going to cause it's going to have a physical or emotional and psychological effect on you. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. That's normal. And it's huge. And, and, you know, we're talking about medication, but you know, if you are not ready to take that step and, and I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't say like, Oh, you're struggling. So give me some medication. Like, you know, reach out to somebody, reach out to um, a counselor or a therapist, which is all, you know, you can do all this. Of course we're in the middle of a pandemic, which you can do, all of these people are offering this stuff online now, or even support groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, Diane, don't you have a support group? Yeah, I've got one coming up. Um, and it's, it is specifically about this transition, how difficult it can be. And I'm doing it with a, you know, a therapist. So, and I have done in person, that one's going to be virtual, but I have done them in person with therapists here in, you know, where I live, because it is such a predominant issue that nobody addresses. Like we started a a group here in Rochester because there was not one single thing that would support women, mothers, families that are having postpartum issues. And we have like 10,000 babies a year here. 
So how could we not? And one out of seven, you know, like, how could we not support this somehow? And if you are somebody that, you know, you've, you've tried therapy, you feel like you need something more and you are leaning towards the medication end of things to also keep in mind that it's not forever. You know, it's not forever. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you are crazy. You know, it doesn't mean that there's, that there's, you know, there's something really weird and wrong about you. You're actually just like most people who have just had a baby. Yeah. You know, if you it people who don't struggle, those are the exceptions. And it definitely is the exception to the rule. These are absolutely the exceptions to the rule, the people who are not struggling during the transition. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. Oh my god. Like there's a, who's not struggling right now? Even if you were doing fine. Like you've got to be people are struggling more than ever right now. And you know, maybe you can't I don't know, you know, because people are like, well, I can't afford it. I can't do this. And, you know, whatever insurance you have, contact them, you know, say I'm looking for, you know, any kind of therapist, any kind of. And I know we want somebody who's focused in postpartum, you know, and try to find that. If you can't reach out to anybody, Mm -hmm. anybody as a lifeline, you know, try to reach out to anybody um, for help. I mean, and, and your doctor and your these people. You know, if they're not, if you feel like you're not being listened to, if you feel like you're not being heard, um, don't give up because it is a normal thing. And there, you know, there's help. There is help. There is help. Uh, if you are somebody who took medication prior to pregnancy and you want to take it again and somebody's telling you you cannot because you're breastfeeding, that is incorrect information. That is definitely one takeaway that I want everybody to have today. That is incorrect. You can take medication. So I don't want anybody struggling because they think that they cannot take something. Right. Breastfeeding shouldn't be the barrier to taking care of yourself. No. That is not. If breastfeeding is the barrier, if you're being told that breastfeeding is the barrier to any kind of thing that you're that you're doing to take care of yourself, then you're be- being given the wrong information. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. A couple of things that can really help with this is support. Um, And that is really hard right now, which is why we're probably seeing even more of this because we're in the middle of a pandemic and you can't have your family come and help you. You can't have outsiders come and help you. Um, You're nervous about, you know, getting outside the house, things like that. You know, this is this is definitely, you know, unprecedented times when you're having a baby. But support, maybe it's that might even come down to like FaceTiming family members just to be able to have some connection still. Ask for help, whether it be asking your partner, I know you had a busy day at work. I really need some help with this, that, or the other thing. That's okay. I think sometimes too, that if, if you're home with a baby, you automatically feel like you shouldn't be asking for help because you're home. And that's not, that's not, that's not legitimate either. Like you definitely don't feel bad. Don't hesitate to ask. Um, it can be really hard to interact with other people if you're feeling kind of like, ugh. Sleep is another thing. Sleep will, or lack thereof of sleep will completely make these symptoms worse too. And so, that's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. It's a guarantee that you will be not sleeping. So having making sure that people realize you need some sleep and if you have a baby that is maybe a little bit more 
awake and alert, not giving you those hours of sleep that you need, um, then you need to definitely say something and have somebody help you with that. You need to be able to get a good couple of hours of sleep, at least a straight several hours of sleep. So that can help you if you're really struggling with this depression, anxiety piece of things. Yeah. And, and, you know, as far as people to reach out to, I was just thinking, if you know of anybody, because a lot of times we don't, when I had Jack, I didn't know anybody who had a baby. Um, I probably, maybe I could have like dug, gone into like my Facebook and like scrolled through the friends. Maybe I could have found one. If you know anybody or can find anybody who's all, who also has a baby or has kids, reach out to them, Mm -hmm. you know, because that person is going to understand and that person can't, that person's not your therapist. They're not your doctor, but it is somebody who you can say like, Hey, you know, I just had a baby and I'm feeling like this and this and this. Have you ever experienced that? Um, and you know, you might be surprised at how helpful that is to just know that somebody else is out there and has gone through it. Yeah. It makes a big difference. It really does. Mental health is hugely important. It's as important as your regular health and nobody looks at that. No, nobody would say you, nobody, nobody, you would never walk up to somebody and be like, I have this really stabbing pain in my heart and my chest. I'm having like stabbing chest pains. And they'd be like, oh, you know, you should be happy. No, it's fine. It's totally fine. Nobody would ever do that. Mm-mm. They'd be like, oh, geez, you should probably go to a doctor and like get that checked out or maybe call 911. You know, and also depending on where you are with your mental health, if you are ever feeling unsafe around your baby, you know, call somebody. And, and here's the other thing is I think that sometimes I remember my a friend of mine going through this, that she she had a baby and she was like and the baby was crying, wouldn't stop crying. And she was, you know, struggling and mm-hmm. she was really freaking out. She called her mom freaking out, just freaking out. And her mom said, put the baby in the crib, go put the baby in the crib and leave the room. Right. And people think, oh, my God, that's neglect. No, that is safety. That is a safety plan. You know, the baby's fine. The baby was in the crib. Of course, we're not doing this methodically like every night to try to get the baby to sleep. What we're doing is creating safety for for parent and baby. And she did that. She put the baby in the crib. She she closed the door so that the crying wasn't so loud. And she went in and on the living room and she continued to talk to her mom and her mom talked her down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are, you know, these are things that these are real life situations where, you know, create safety for yourself. Um, because it's no joke. Yeah, this is not, you know, and like I was saying, you know, nobody would ever take physical symptoms as a joke, you know, and but but we but we brush these these mental health um symptoms and problems to the side as if they're just like well these are just secondary problems you know these are just you know these aren't these aren't real these aren't these aren't immediate um concerns and that's not true yeah yeah it's big stuff so hopefully um you got something out of that yeah (laughs) and uh we uh thanks for listening thank you for listening and if you need something if you need a therapist that specializes in this and you really are having a hard time finding one shoot me an email because i i have people that do this regularly um diane has people yeah i have i got a guy that's what (laughs) 
That's what my husband always says. I got a guy for that. So I do know therapists that right now are amazing. I have some that only work with, you know, postpartum families. Um, They're doing everything virtually. They take insurance. And this is what they love to do is to be able to support you in this period of time. So if you need that, we can hook you up. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.